What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host, Brett McGrath, and I am excited to bring to you today's conversation. I am joined by Ali Schwanke, who is the CEO and founder at SimpleStrat. We are talking about the role of marketing leadership in content creation and distribution. This was a fun conversation. I had a blast. She's full of insight, full of knowledge. She is a CEO and founder who's been front and center online for her company for a long time and has a lot of tips and advice in this one. So you'll want to listen in, grab your notepad. If you like what we're doing over here, hit the subscribe button. Most importantly, tell a marketing pal that you're enjoying this show. Without further ado, let's kick it over to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I am excited to be having this conversation today. We are going to be talking about a topic that I think is important. I don't think it necessarily gets talked about enough. I think it is something that we see online, but I'm with someone who uh, really does a nice job of being the face of her company and being helpful through content. Um, on social. So I am joined today by Ali Schwanke, who is the CEO and founder at Simple Strat. And we're going to be talking about the role of marketing leadership in content creation and distribution. Without further ado, Ali, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for the invite today, Brett. It's going to be fun. Yes, it is going to be fun. Um, before we jump into the topic, I always want to make sure I give my guests the opportunity to give a little background on themselves and kind of where you work. I think it'd be interesting to understand maybe kind of how Simple Strat came to be and kind of the, your purpose behind it. Yeah. Well, thanks for the intro. The thing I like to tell people is I think when folks ask what you do as marketers, we struggle to tell people what we do because it's so massive and it's so expansive that at the end of the day, we are all problem solvers. And that's what I see myself as. That's what I see my company as. And my entrepreneurship journey has just been one of those things where there's always the next problem that is to be solved. And, you know, when we, we now live in a world where a lot of that's done with marketing tech and with content. So Simple Strat was started about six years ago. We are known for mostly known, I would say, for those that maybe haven't heard of me, for our content over on YouTube called HubSpot Hacks. We have a, a YouTube series there. And then I create quite a bit of content and do a lot of speaking about B2B marketing, B2B sales, and really this role that content plays in helping customers feel empowered that they made the buying decision and they weren't sold to. So that's like, that's the future of where I think all marketing is going. It's already there for a lot of us, but as we get the rest of the organization to realize that, I think there's so much opportunity to be creative and and innovative in how we influence folks to make better, smarter decisions. I love it. And before we jump in, just one more follow-up on that. So HubSpot hacks on YouTube, everyone go check out that channel. I think it's great. Definitely informative, especially if you're a new or even existing user of HubSpot. What was it? Can you maybe talk a little bit about just like the direction and the focus with HubSpot and how that came to be? I think just so many people are using HubSpot and you've kind of found a a niche in there of jumping in, being helpful. And I'm sure that's helped kind of build some awareness around who you are and what SimpleStrat is uh, doing. Yeah, I think that this is... So what we've discovered in doing our HubSpot content and HubSpot hacks is something that I think can universally be applied across multiple companies. And that is that we often have that curse of knowledge. And that is, we don't think what we know is is somewhat different than what other people should know. Like, who doesn't know how to do this in HubSpot? Well, you've been working in HubSpot for four years, six years, 10 years. And what might be 
easy to you might be very overwhelming to someone else that exists with all levels of content from a a software perspective that exists with simple things. Like when you are a new car owner, for instance, I bought a new vehicle. Well, new to me, it was used, but the, the piece in the middle where you pull up, um, like the seat, it was a truck was broken and I knew you could fix it. What did I go looking for a piece to fix it? And what did I do next? I watched the video from the manufacturer on how to install that piece done by someone who looked like me. It wasn't someone that was in like the company apparel and all of that sort of thing. It was someone that looked like they were in their garage. And I'm like, if they can do it, I can do it. And that's really what we found with HubSpot hacks. And that's from where it started. We're much, we're just like our clients in terms of we experiment first and then double down once we see some direction. And so we started with loom videos when loom first came out, anybody from loom, if you're listening, I'm willing to be an ambassador because I talk about your product all the time. But we just made some Loom videos on how to do some very basic things in HubSpot because the knowledge center that HubSpot had was great. There was no visuals. I'm a very visual learner. So we did that. We saw some great traffic for these like scrapped together videos. And we thought, what if we made this into a brand? Let's do this. We, we released an initial, I think, 15 videos. And you know, marketers, for the first six months, here at our growth, you can't see me if you're listening, but I'm, I'm drawing a flat line. <laughs> Our growth was, was very flat. And then at about the six month mark, we started to see, we just, we saw that what we see in content and we started to see things take off and we continued to, to learn more about YouTube and learn more about how people were interacting with the content. And what we discovered was what someone might search for, for instance, how to add a user to HubSpot might not be the same thing. If someone's looking for how to add or update permissions in HubSpot. So as a content marketer, you have so many opportunities. Like you should never, ever, ever be out of content ideas because what one person might ask might be a different way that someone else asks. And each one of those need to be separate pieces of content. So we've kind of doubled down on that. And we're now, um, I think we're at about 12,500 subscribers about two years later. And I think we just passed our 1 million mark in terms of impressions on YouTube. So, or no, actually 1 million views, 1 million views. So yeah, it's been a fun ride and have learned a lot about YouTube SEO. And I think that's a very, very green pasture for a lot of B2B marketers who are willing to go there. So much said there, uh, so <laughs> much to unpack. Just uh, so if there was a, if on modern day marketer, if there was like a leaderboard of companies mentioned, definitely HubSpot would be on that board at the top and Loom would be too. So we'll, we'll be ambassadors. Maybe we can tag team and yeah, uh, there get, you go. Get, get an ambassadorship. Uh, so there's that. You mentioned the, uh, the reason why and the purpose behind kind of you in the car and the example of looking at someone uh, on YouTube and say, you know, this is relatable. This is something like we can do. I just went through that. Um, We traveled uh, for the first time with our infant and, you know, I was trying to figure out for the first time, the stroller that I've been using (laughs) to to walk, to walk her when I get done with work every day. Like now I got to figure out how to like compress it and make it it put into a package and us take it on airplane. It's the same, same deal. Right. I, I was like, all right, let me just go to YouTube. And there was a guy like me, right. Like a new dad is like, this is how you do it. So that definitely resonates. And then just finally the, the piece and the growth of the channel, it sounds like, like one of these things. And I think so often in marketing, we, we just like, if we don't see these immediate results, we just like say, Oh, that was, that was a failed experiment and move on. But like, you were determined and you stayed consistent. I think the consistency of adding value and learning and especially on a channel like YouTube, um, you've seen because of the consistency and because you're adding value, you've seen after that like flat line, you've seen like steady growth since. So I think anyone out there listening, like 
should be taking note of that, especially if you have conviction around kind of what you're building and believe you believe in, you'll eventually get more people there because people want to learn and YouTube's a great place to do it. Yeah. And that wasn't that we didn't have goals going in. We had, I mean, this is laughable now, but our first goal was to get a hundred subscribers. I mean, that first 100, that anytime you build anything, an email list, a social channel, like to get to a hundred, I feel like feels it's just hustling and every single one metric counts. And I think we got 75, like we didn't even hit our goal on our launch. And I think it was because it was so new at the time. And now there's lots and lots of, I'll call them mini me's that are trying to do what we're doing, but we, we have such strong, consistent production value that when you see, like when you see our thumbnails, there's no question that it is part of our brand. So we've learned a lot about brand. We've learned a lot about video. We've learned a lot about like in a blog, you have hyperlinks and you have ways to kind of do what I call like drive down the interstate of the, of the internet and give people exits. And YouTube has changed a lot of things on how they help people drive down the YouTube highway, but YouTube wants you to stay on YouTube. So just like any platform out there, learning how to cater to the algorithm and be the best advocate for the platform, they will reward you with that. And I think being a student of that is something that doesn't happen overnight either. So much good insight in there. I think we, we're going to need to plan a full episode on how to do <laughs> how to do YouTube. There you go. Uh, all right, let's dive into the topic. So I think let's start here. Like we've been talking a lot about just like the teams and brands that have been successful have been the ones that like empower their individual creators to be front and center, to be the face of their company. And usually like through my observations and conversations, this happens at like the mid-level, um, maybe some leadership, marketing leadership steps in and, and, and creates some content, whether it's hosting a podcast or doing YouTube videos, but mostly it seems like it's at that mid-level. I think what's atypical really through my observations has been just like a leader of a company, uh, a, like getting out front and center and not not just doing one video and forgetting about it, but just being consistent. So I'd love to maybe understand like the reasons why you've been so active in the content creation. Obviously you're the CEO and founder, but like, how do you, you've got a lot of hats, I'm sure a lot of responsibilities, a lot of priorities. Like why do you focus in on making sure that content creation is part of kind of your mix and your weekly workflow? Well, especially, especially in the space that we're in there, it is so hard for an agency to differentiate itself despite doing our own differentiating exercises. Because like I mentioned, when we first started recording, marketing is so vast and, and ambiguous, especially to folks that, you know, the, let's say it's a, a executive who's digital first and they know they need some help, but then you, you start to Google things like, how do we increase our lead generation? And you stumble upon articles like do LinkedIn ads, do Twitter ads, do webinars, do conferences. Like it's just this laundry list of things. It's like, how do I work out? And they give you the entire catalog of exercises to do. And you're like, okay, I don't even know where to start. So the, especially in our industry, people are looking more and more for expert voices. And especially when people can prove that they like, anybody can set up a shingle now and call themselves a marketing consultant. I think seeing that demonstrated through content, there's no outsourcing my face and my personality, not yet anyway, but I could outsource my blog post to Fiverr. I can outsource my, my you know, graphic design to someone else. I still can't outsource my face and my voice. So podcasts and videos for founders, I think are of the utmost importance because 
you as a founder, your company is a reflection of your philosophy, your values, the things that you want to innovate in the marketplace. And if you're having those meetings behind closed doors and people talk about them, you should be having them somewhat in the public sector as well, not with confidential information, but in a way that allows someone to go, wow, that's inspiring. I want to be part of that. And I want to follow that. And that's especially what Gen Z is looking for. They're looking for purpose and meaning, and you don't have to work at a nonprofit to have purpose and meaning. And when you can't see the faces behind the brand, you end up going, is what they told me in meetings the same as what I experienced when I get there? And so it kind of boils into this big, just authenticity and credibility that exists behind the brand. And let's all face it. We've been behind our computers for two years now in this pandemic led business. I want to talk to a human. I don't even have any idea what your website says, but I trust you, Brett. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's happening more and more. And as executives see that they're, they're doing one of two things. One, they're embracing it or two, they're getting scared and running away, or they're asking their marketing team to make more stuff without faces. And the marketing team's left going, I've done as much as I can. You guys need to be the subject matter experts. How do I make this easy for you? So that's probably the bigger hurdle that I think most companies face. Yeah. I want to like dig into that last part a little bit, because I think this is a hurdle that I've definitely been hearing. And it's this element of you have the individual contributor at the, at companies that Gen Z, TikTok user, Netflix subscriber, someone who is consuming their content on YouTube, they're meeting marketing friends and learning in DMs and in Slack communities. They see how successful brands in their minds are operating and it's individuals front and center, but then they're, they're, they're in their role at their company and they're doing kind of what seems to them to be archaic marketing, which is probably marketing that uh, people like us did, you know, five to 10 years ago. And they can't break through because their boss or their boss's boss got promoted with that playbook. So like, I think it's like, it's challenging. People know that they should move in the direction of being front and center. How, How do you think like an individual contributor should maybe like have that conversation with their manager or with leadership in order to put them in the direction. Are you hearing this at all? Like this type of scenario from clients that you're working with? I'd love, love feedback. Yeah. I think it's, it is one of those answers that as marketers, we hate to give, and that is, it depends. And if you have an executive who struggles to speak in public without lots and lots and lots of preparation, they're going to struggle on video. And that probably shouldn't be something that you lean into. However, you can make use of, I mean, A lot of the video is one, it's catering to the algorithms, but two, you can use video in a way that doesn't make them sit and have to do this right here and be, because off the cuff is just not a skill that some people have. And especially calculated analytical executives do not have that skill most likely. So if they have the charisma and and the kind of witty and the quick um, responses, they can embrace video and podcasting. Otherwise, we're going to have to dig into our archives and revisit something called press training or media training. And I think we've somewhat thrown that out the window because, oh, we don't do press interviews anymore. Okay, here's the deal. Everything that we've done before, we're doing now in a different format. And everything that needs to be part of a marketer's toolbox, if you don't have a budget to do media training with your sales team, they should be creating videos to put on LinkedIn, but they also need parameters and boundaries So talking with the executive sometimes comes down to less about tactics and more about behaviors. Let's actually talk about what's important in a sales process, tool agnostic. We need to have trust. We need to have credibility. We need to have competence. Okay. What are the mechanisms we have in today's world to show those things? 
oh, we're not at a conference anymore. Oh, we're not bumping into people anymore. Like those things we used to prove are gone. So in the absence of that, these are the new tools and we need to psychologically talk about them before we bring up the word LinkedIn. Like let's psychologically talk about making customers trust. And then it becomes less about the tool and more about the the behavior. If you're out there and you are struggling with this, like hopefully you're taking notes because that is that is spot on. And I think that is just such great advice. It's simple. It seems simple, but we always want to go to the tactics or the medium right away and say, this is why we should invest. I think it's like, take like several steps back at the end of the day. And um, that'd be a great place to get started. I want to talk a little bit about just like distribution. You're, you're doing a lot of creating. I think one of the big themes we're seeing in in marketing right now is this idea that, okay, well, we can't just like publish it and set it and forget it. Now we need to focus in on distribution and making sure that each piece of content that we're creating is not only optimized for the channel that we're promoting it, but it has some customized messaging and a wrapper around it that's going to cater to the people on those platforms. I've you know been a fan and observer of you across all of the social channels that you participate in, I'd love for you to maybe help us understand like how you think about distribution after the content creation side. Yeah. I wish there was a, I mean, maybe there is somewhat of a best practices. Like if you Google content distribution, you'll find some things like, again, you're going to get your laundry list of publish to this and do that and share on social. And again, at the end of the day, marketers who are, are worth their salt kind of go, okay, I did that, but I'm still not getting, you know, the engagement that I want. And so we usually look at it, I guess, two, two things. One, you kind of have to have a mindset of how did someone get to that piece of content? So think about yourself. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, I've got a, a newsletter that I subscribe to. It's called First Round, First Round Review. Excellent, excellent. Like every time, First Round, folks, if you're listening, every time you publish a piece of content, I read the heck out of it. It's so good. And so one, you're proving that I consistently want to return. And so your newsletter list is probably a place that Anything you mention in there, I'm going to read because you have my trust. So anywhere that you notice people are growing their audience, they're doing a good job of promoting trust. And then I just read the articles in there and say, where else would this have come from? And so you have this like breadcrumb curiosity trail to say, where did the, where else would I have read this? And think about your own habits and then apply this to your audience. So for HubSpot hacks, for example, um, one of the first places you go is the HubSpot Knowledge Center. Okay, so that's where we started How does someone get their organic search? Okay, we need to be optimizing for organic search. Okay, where else would people ask questions? Forums, what are forums? Reddit, Quora, you know, all these, like you start to think about, you have to just put yourself in the mindset of your target audience. And then tools like Spark Toro will give you the the Twitter accounts they follow. Again, it's not about, let me download all these Twitter accounts, put them into a campaign on Twitter to pay. You can do that, but it's, Go follow these places, be a student of their content. Who else are they mentioning? Who are they connected to? Build some relationships. That part of the content distribution, I think goes back to the crap. There isn't an easy way to do this. No, that's why it's hard to do. And that's why who does it well should be really someone you want to like attach yourself to, but it's hard. And once you get a strategy down, then it's about rinsing and repeating and it didn't like always finding the one more thing you could do. And lately. I don't know if you saw this, like it's been out for a couple of days, but LinkedIn now has individual metrics on your um, like post impressions and engagements. So as a marketer, if you haven't been able, like in the last week or this next week, let's say, go to all your top 
individual contributors in your company, have them screenshot their metrics, compile those and share those with your executive team to show this is why you are such a valuable part of our distribution strategy. Again, that's probably the biggest one that most companies are missing. I love that. I also think it's important to just double down on the fact of what you said that none of these things are easy and they take time and they take work. And like your point about following people and listening online. Yeah. Like if you want to be great at distribution, go find the people who are talking about the topics that you are talking about and start building authentic connections Mm -hmm. with them. Because the more, more you do that before you start publishing and distributing, like once you do that, those people are going to help support whatever you're publishing. And that's just, it's again, it's kind of taking a step back and it's getting in the weeds a little bit and it's doing the foundational work up front and it takes time. It takes consistency. It takes a lot of work, but I love that call out. I think the thing our human brains don't want to acknowledge is since we are digital now, we can press button versus going into a room and having to talk to 18 people. I can just send an email to 18 people, but the behavioral characteristics still apply. They still care. Who are you? Why the heck are you contacting me? What do you want from me? I don't even know you. So PR 20 years ago, sending a press release out in a mass email still wasn't as effective as sending out to individual reporters with a pitch. PR professionals know that's the way it exists today, but that's true. If I mentioned 15 people in a tweet, if I have a relationship with each one of those people, way different results than if I just randomly tag them. Like, I'm sure you get tagged in stuff all the time, Brett. And you're like, why are you tagging me? This is weird. <laughs> yeah. The dynamic still exists, people. Yeah. It's I, it's a just like traditional marketing, like marketing that I grew up in. It's, it's the good versus bad. And it's like the simple thing of like, before you're asking someone, if you can get, you know, some press from them, like wait a month, like reach out to them, try to build a relationship, see how you can add value. It's those sort of things. And they go a long way. I want to ask you about just like, you're someone who's active, who is people follow you, consume your content, do a nice job of just kind of waving your company flag. I'd love for you to maybe share some other creators or leaders in the space who our audience can turn to, to be like, all right, this is a good example. And this is an example um, that I might be able to share with my CEO as someone who's knocking it out of the park. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of folks out there. um, Any of the speakers that speak at Inbound or folks that I tend to go and follow and interact with. There's a gal I've, we've actually not met in person, but I talk about her every time I talk about content. Her name is Ashley Faust. She is the content manager for Atlassian. And she, she shared a wonderful thought leadership framework during the inbound talk. And she just, any talks I think that she has done online has been about like really kind of this thing where how do you build a thought leadership program for an executive who isn't going to do it themselves? And that is, that is a big challenge. Um, and she's got a template and she's, so again, if you, I think if you register for inbound 2021, you might still be able to get it, you know, on their in-demand sessions, but, um, she's one, anybody else that's in the HubSpot network, you know, we've got a couple of, um, we'd call them like co-opetition sort of folks that were competitors, but we collaborate. George B. Thomas was one of my first kind of like influencers of HubSpot content that I looked to when we first started HubSpot hacks. Um, he's done a lot more interview style, uh, sort of things lately, but you know, definitely someone out there. And then I would say like, this kind of takes way back, but Pat Flynn was one of the first podcasts I listened to in the affiliate marketing space, but he's got, I think it was smart, smart passive income was his first podcast. 
and just really learned a lot about building trust through podcasts. Now he does a lot with like how to use modern media as a creator um, and grow an audience, but definitely folks that I, that I enjoy following. Awesome. We'll have to go check those recommendations out before I let you get out of here. I'd love to kind of close out with giving you a chance like to share your advice. You're, you're a leader of a business, successful business who is front and center, been doing this for a while. Obviously you mentioned like in the Atlassian example, like it's like CEOs who just won't get started themselves. So here's the playbook. I think I'd love to like check out that resource. So I'm going to need to ask you about that, but like what, what, what advice would you have for any founder CEOs listening who um, know they should step front and center and believe in a human to human level marketing and trust, but just haven't done it yet? Like what is the, maybe the entry point or what they should be thinking about to get started? There's kind of three things I would have you think about. One is what is the role of subject matter expertise in your company? And again, you can downplay that if you happen to be a product company, but I will say your product most likely came and was developed as a result of a problem you saw in the marketplace as an SME. So you therefore add credibility to the problem you are solving as an expert in XYZ. So really define that because let's say if I, so we worked on a product for a while and brought it on marketing strategy. And the reason that even some of the early interests came in that product is because I continually preached about that problem causing issues in marketing departments. Okay. If I didn't talk about that, it would just look like another widget on a shelf. So therefore that credibility helps. Um, The second thing that I would encourage folks to think about is you just have to be okay with the fact that it isn't good and it will get better. I think our desire, we do not want to look stupid on video or in a podcast, or we don't want to write something that people say, I don't like that. But at the end of the day, you and I both know that humans are attracted to things they agree or disagree with. Nobody wants the vanilla company. And if you can't be strong and have a strong point of view, you probably are going to get lost in the clutter and it's going to be awful. So just embrace that it's not as good as it could be today and it will get better. And then the third, don't try to be something you're not. So if you are really good at short form content, you know what? Use Twitter threads like a boss. Go ahead and use LinkedIn posts like mini blog posts. Don't try to do video. Find what works for you and then just embrace it and be consistent. So many good nuggets in this episode. Allie, we're going to have you plug plug your stuff before we let you get out of here. But I will say, I'm going to do this plugging for you. Make sure you go check out Allie's creator page on the juice. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. She is uh, doing an awesome job with that. And also our creator pages wait list will have launched. So we'll put a link uh, to that too. get you, get, get you on the wait list. But Allie, before I let you get out of here, what's going on at simple strat, the floor is yours. Where do you want to send people? Yeah. You're welcome to check out any of our content over at simplestrat.com. We've got some free resources over there. Um, we've got a lot of guides and books. And then if you head over to YouTube and type in HubSpot hacks, or just to be honest, type in HubSpot CRM and you will see my face literally everywhere. Um, and you can subscribe to our channel there and, and help spread the word. We'd really appreciate it. Fantastic. There's so much that we talked about in subtopics that we'll have to get you back on to unpack. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Go check out Allie, follow her everywhere. Go follow her on the juice on our creator page. The link is in the show notes. She knows what she's talking about. I'm having fun following her across all the social channels. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back with more Modern Day Marketer next week.